it actually, in his day, as a young fella, was a decent cricketer for the Glenorchy Cricket Club. And I think he may have made his debut as a 14-year-old, but we know him more of his feats in Australian rules football. We're talking about Rodney Ede. Rodney, a very good morning to you. Morning, Peter. How are you, mate? All right? Good. You weren't a bad cricketer back in the uh, in your younger days there in Glenorchy, were you? I think you did make your de- first-grade debut. Was it for Glenorchy when you were 14 or 15 or something? Yeah, I was 14-year-old, so, and then uh, played in uh, through the State Under-19 Carnival. My last one was in Perth, actually. Played at the Wacker, so... Um, Enjoyed uh, enjoyed my time in cricket. When I went to Melbourne when I was 17, I played uh, for Richmond in the district comp, but I had to make a choice at that stage. I, I wasn't a good enough footballer to uh, like some of those other guys who could start training in uh, March or whatever. So um, mm. the practice matches were started in Hawthorne in the February, so um, uh, obviously, obviously got stuck into the footy. Yeah, okay. We've already getting some people uh, SMSing us on zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Would like to be to ask you a couple of questions. We might pick it up straight away, Rocket. Before we talk about the Eagles and the Dockers, he yeah. says, Pete, can you please ask Rodney Ede what he thinks of North Melbourne and their chances of rising up the ladder next season, and uh, and where they go from from there, and also the possibility of picking up Jeff Horn as their number one pick. That's Paul from Margaret River. Uh, yes, Paul, I like what North are, are doing at the moment. Um, some of the younger types like Larkey and Zerha and all these, uh, Thomas are really playing well. Um, I think if they can hold on to their experienced players to uh, give them that, uh, I suppose, chop out. I think teams sometimes go for kids and they say, oh, yeah, we're at youth, but there's too much youth. And then their performance is up and down. And I think it actually uh, suppresses their development, actually. And I think North have got it right. They've got a good blend of older players. But if uh, youth are developing well, and yes, I would think they would get Horn as their number one pick. It'll be interesting to see whether they nominate Dacos first and mm-hmm. with Darcy's son, Sam Darcy, knowing that um, Collingwood and uh, the Bulldogs will take them. So it keeps them, those two clubs honest. So it'll be an interesting decision. But Horn sounds like an exciting prospect. Uh, speaking of Rodney Ede, a man that played uh, 259 uh, VFL games with Hawthorne Brisbane, of course, coached Sydney Western Bulldogs and the Gold Coast. A bizarre night last night, Rocket, here at Optus Stadium, uh, West Coast against Melbourne, with the players having to leave the arena in the early stages of that final term and then returning 29 minutes later. And all of a sudden, we thought, what's happening here? And with a bit more, another two or three minutes on the clock, the result could have been different with the West Coast Eagles storming home. Yes, very much so. And I think, hopefully, I'll be banging on Melbourne Radio for quite a while about the way the West Coast play. it. They play that conservative, round the boundary, try and keep the ball off the opposition. And they've got so much talent that when they take the game on, other teams are scared of them. They really uh, fear the Eagles playing the foot, football that they played last night. And they just got the ball going forward. They didn't play anything to Nancy. I know it was wet. Um, and why the Eagles don't play more with that? Um, not, not even attacking flair, but take the game on. They've got more talent than most teams, but they play the conservative way and it gets them into trouble and it gives the team, the opposition team, some lot of confidence. And uh, I think you're right. If it had gone for another five minutes, I think Melbourne did the opposite. They went in back into the shell, tried to save the game, and uh, it's very difficult to do that in the modern footy. And uh, I think full credit to the Demons initially, but hopefully the Eagles, if they're going to beat the Dockers this week, they need to take the game on. Have you ever been in a situation like that as a player, as a coach, uh, 
when you've played and for whatever reason you've had to leave the arena and then reset uh, a few minutes later? <laughs> yeah, I remember playing, because I'm originally from Hobart, playing in Tassie. You were, um, it was a game, um, I played school footy and then our school team didn't make the final, so I went and played for Gamalki under 17, so I was only mm. 15 or something at the time at the end of the season and we played against a team called New Norfolk, which is originally where Peter Hudson played his football before he captain coach or coach Glenorchy. Uh, yeah. And um, it's right out in the middle of Tassie. It's a pretty area, but it's cold. And uh, we weren't a very good side. And uh, fog came into the ground and we had mm-hmm. to leave. We couldn't see more than probably two or three feet in front of us. We had to leave the ground, I reckon, for 20 minutes until the fog lifted. <laughs> and at the end of the game, we had a player who played. He's got that still big steel wool hair. At the end of the game, he had a layer of frost across his <laughs> layer of ice on his hair at the top as well. So, uh, <laughs> so it was very, uh, very strange circumstances. Uh, but uh, in the end, the players went in. They tried to keep warm. We saw shots of them in the rooms trying to keep you know warm because the worst yep. thing that you fear as a coach and as a player when you uh, have been going 100 miles an hour, then you have to got to come off for half an hour, then go back on, and all of a sudden the muscle goes ping or you incur an injury. Do you think Melbourne were more conscious of that than West Coast? And what do you think would have been the mindset of the respective camps during that uh, unscheduled delay in play? Yeah, it's interesting. That shows you how much the game is played between the years, doesn't it? That um, I think, yeah, the mindsets were completely different. Uh, the Eagles, in their mind, were five or six goals down, whatever it was. We need to we need to throw caution to the wind. Um, and I think the, the Demons, because percentage is not an issue for them because they've had that draw, uh, they didn't really care whether they won by one point or won by 40 points. And... Uh, and I don't know whether there was any instructions, but they went back into their shelter, conservative, uh, save the game, let's not try and get an injury. I've got no doubt it was the back of the mind. That wouldn't have been mentioned about the injuries, but you know, you wouldn't want Max Gorn to do a hamstring, as you say, have half an hour uh, break inside and then come back out on the cold and the wet to actually bring a hamstring. So there's no doubt the mindsets were completely different. Um, the Eagles were like, we've got nothing to lose, we've got to take it on. And Melbourne were, well, we've got everything to lose and let's let's be conservative. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's all set up for this week. Uh, the Eagles can't get any higher than seventh. They've got Fremantle here. The fixture's yet to be released for this weekend's footy, but we believe it'll be Sunday yeah. afternoon, about 10 past three. And then they go up to Brisbane, where you know it very well, up at the Gabba to take on the Lions in the final home and away game. If they slip up this week... And it's going to be pretty hard up there in Brisbane the following week. There is a serious threat that the Eagles could slip out of the top eight. And Adam Simpson said that at the press conference last night, which would have been unthinkable at the start of the season when a couple of people in the media and experts were tipping them as possibly one of the sides that could be there at the end. Yeah, it is a bit unbelievable. And uh, there's a couple, I reckon, the, I know we've had upsets uh, the, the last time in a way round things could happen, but I reckon this weekend will, will cement the eight. I think the Eagles, it's in their hand. If they lose this week, I think they could miss, no doubt. I think Essendon can win both games. Um, Fremantle have a chance, will have to win this week. Um, but I think the Richmond Giants game will decide a spot if the Eagles do slip up. So I think both Richmond and the Giants will win their last uh, game of the season. Um, so whoever wins that, and then Essendon, if they can win both games, allows um, 
the eighth spot to be up for conjecture, and then the Eagles will throw it open again for seventh spot if if they slip up this week. Yeah, and it's also been made more difficult for Fremantle. I think in the end, what people experienced last night, the Eagles took on Melbourne, who are one of the clubs in the competition at the moment and could very well be there when the whips are cracking come the final weekend of the season. But the Eagles will start favourites against Fremantle this weekend. Also, the fact that Fremantle have been dealt a major blow with Andrew Brayshaw, of course, out for one week if he takes that early plea today. Yeah, that's right. I think you know injuries and personnel is obviously going to play a, a role. But you know, Hearn got injured last night, and uh, Kennedy was off for a while, so I don't know what the extent of that is. So, and players do pull up sore, and uh, you know, in the slog and the wet. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, where that evens itself out. But um, you know, Fremantle, except last week, and then there was another week, I think Geelong, where they were, were a bit disappointed. They've they've been okay this year. They've surprised teams, and they've played okay. They've got some good youth, so. They're playing for a final spot, so and obviously there's a, a bit of rivalry. So um, as Adelaide showed on the weekend, you would have thought Port would have won that very easy. So I think the hometown rivalry, no matter where they're on the ladder, uh, makes the makes those games very interesting. A couple of uh, other issues before we let you go, Rocket. It's always great having a chat to you. Uh, Toby Green goes up to the tribunal tonight, the GWS captain, the star. Uh, he got two weeks from uh, Michael Christian, the match re- review officer. Uh, many people are predicting that his case will get thrown out tonight. Do you think it will? I think it should, yes. Uh, I uh, I feel sorry for Mike. I, I've always had a feeling that he's supposed to be independent, but I reckon he gets some pressure from Hayfield uh, House at times. Um, but you only have to look back, and I know Dangerfield's on the end of this one, but in the final, was it the grand final against Richmond? Well, he got broad mm, in the first that's right. of the game. A very similar yep. action. And then... You have a look, I saw on Fox where they replayed uh, um, Sam Collins against Carlton. He's, he's done Silvani. He's done exactly the same motion uh, as, as what Toby Green's done. So I think it's a football motion. I don't think it was deliberate as in trying to hurt anyone or it was just trying to brush off. I think it'll get thrown out. I think Toby Green gets a bit more focus and a bit more attention than he should from umpires and MROs, to be honest. Yeah, and the other one is, I know that Taylor Walker came out and extended an apology for the comments that he made uh, at the weekend. Um, it was an apology, a public apology, and also an apology to the play, player that was implicated. And he, now he's going to say, I'm stepping away from the club for a little while to uh, sort my affairs out and be educated and coached to come back to be a better person next season. But the big question is now, Rocket, whether actually he will return, even though Adelaide have said at this stage uh, they're just weighing up whether Taylor Walker will be part of their fabric in 2022. We won't go too much down the political line, but it'd be pretty hard for Taylor to come back after what's transpired in the last few days. Yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big thing, isn't it? And uh, uh, yeah, I think his apology was heartfelt and sincere, but it, it wasn't. A, Great look when it seems as if he was reading auto cue, um, mm, mm. but I still I still think that he was genuine. Though I still uh, think that, but he's probably wanting to get his words right. Um, I think, and as hard as it is, he probably maybe could have should have faced the media as well and be heartfelt in that. Um, I know it's a difficult one, uh, but you're right. It's going to be different for him to come back and see see where Adelaide are at as a club. 
But I think Andrew Cracker made a good point today, and Andrew said himself he's made mistakes along the way himself. It's about education. It's not about now penalty. It's about um, people make mistakes and giving them another opportunity as long as there's education and working on the way. So I think that's the right way to go. We talk about reconciliation and uh, working with people. I don't think we should cast Taylor out to sea and um, throw away the key and, and, and no one ever talk to him again. I think you know, he's, he's, he, he is uh, uh, contrite about it. Um, I think he's sorry about it. Uh, whether six weeks is enough penalty, probably should have been more. But I think um, I think with education, I'd, I'd certainly like to see him play again next year. Yeah. Rocket, always a pleasure. Love having you uh, on the program, mate. Always great to have a chat. And we thank you very much for your time. And uh, stay safe. And uh, hopefully you're out of lockdown pretty soon. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yes, yeah, so do we. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Good on you, Rocket. Back.